The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the commentary for... What is this thing? This is, this is the commentary that would not die, would not start. It just kicked our butts up and down the alley for three hours, I think. So... Uh, to everybody listening, Alicia and I have been talking to one another for about three hours now, trying to get this uh, commentary on the road. So probably you'll hear a lot of us just listening to the episode because we've already talked about everything. But uh, to get back to the point I was trying to make, this is the Kingery, episode 26, commentary four. And uh, that is also season three, episode two. The title of this episode is False Pretenses. The lovely voice that you hear commenting already on what I'm saying is Alicia Lane Matheson. She is the writer of this episode. The assistant director for this episode is Bob Blakey. Unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately for him, Bob couldn't be with us tonight. We still wouldn't be going if Bob were on. Um, but Bob is dealing with weather issues and... I uh, was unable to join Remember us tonight, me, but he is tremendous help in mixing this episode. And thanks to Bob, and I hope that um, pretty soon I'm going to get Bob on a commentary. Otherwise, people are going to start to think that he's just a figment of my imagination, but he's not. He's a real person. Uh, okay, I have no idea what to, what to say now. Um, Alicia, welcome. Hi. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> It's really only been just a little over an hour that we've been struggling with trying to get this call conferenced and recorded and everything. Yes, everything or or just anything, just like one or two things would have been good. I think uh. I think once once Bob hears how much trouble we had, he's going to be glad that he missed out. <laughs> Um, oh, I wanted to say that in the recent um, episode of Pendant Backstage, where uh, we talked about the Kingery, um, somebody had a question about what happened to Asa, and he was right there in the previously. So I just wanted to, to point that out, that uh, he's still around. He's just been standing in front of his microphone waiting to say previously on the Kingery. This is the first scene. Uh, in the hospital room again. We're in the hospital room again. Tommy Arkell is played by Pete Milan. Sylvia is played by the incredible Fiona Thrail. Major, who isn't in the scene yet, is played by M. Sierra Garcia. Oh my gosh, Fiona is incredible, and so is Pete. And so is M. But she's not on. She, we're not hearing her yet. <laughs> if I had been the director of this episode, I could not have. I picked a better voice than Fiona for Sylvia. It's like it came right out of my head. Yeah. I um. I thought I was. I wanted some movement here, so I have Sylvia pacing back and forth in front of Tommy, and it just seems like something annoying that Sylvia would do. Maybe even on purpose. And uh, it reminds me of uh, a scene where Fix was um, putting the screws to Debbie. He was trying to interrogate her, and he was walking around in the stereo field um, many episodes ago. Alicia, I think it's clear that uh, Sylvia is going to be a major character. I don't think that's a spoiler once people have heard this episode. 
So I thought you did a fantastic job of creating the voice for this character, and I uh, wondered if you would talk about how you go about approaching that. Well, it was actually really easy for me, and I hope to God she never listens to this, but I actually based her off of the grandmother that I don't like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not fond of my grandmother on my maternal side, and that's that's her name, Sylvia. <laughs> I, I just basically... I just pictured her in my head. I'm like, okay, hey, how would Grandma say this? <laughs> and it just came so easily. Well, that's great. That's great. I just think it's wonderful. Um, just a couple seconds ago, she goes to the door and lets Major in. And that was one place where I asked Fiona for an additional take. Um, she had gotten kind of nice and sweet and said, thanks for waiting outside the way someone would if they really meant it. And I, and I thought, that's okay. I, you know, I can use that, but I asked Fiona if she would mind trying an additional take and try to say it as if it meant the opposite of the words. And so she goes and she says, thanks for waiting outside, major. And I just, just love that. Like, I know you were listening. So I just thought that was wonderful. But then I asked for it, so, you know, I was going to think it was wonderful. <laughs> so now we're in the um, second scene, which is at Devi's house, and uh, the players are M. Sierra Garcia as Major, Lexi Rawl as Devi, and Cat Pride as Tithia. And I think they're all doing a fantastic job. The music in the background is by David Alexander MacDonald. It's called It's Always Volcano Day Somewhere. And I thought, um, in the script, you were a little bit vague about what a house would sound like. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to limit you. It's like, yeah, okay, right, there's a yeah. clock ticking over here, and there's a radio on over here, or that could be a television. They have a cat. <laughs> yes. So the script... like, house ambience. So... I thought I would put in bubbling sounds, so I don't know if people can hear it, but in the background there's some sort of blurbly, bubbly type stuff, and I thought that was some kind of water feature or environmental sound in Debbie's house, and I thought water was kind of sexy, and I thought that's what Debbie was all about, so. Yeah, it's very uh, feng shui. Yeah. Uh, in in my head, I think bubbling, and I I, that, I equate that to chemistry set. Uh -huh. Like, oh, they're do, they're doing chemistry while they're chatting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if it's a little fountain or if it's a fish tank or a chemistry set. I don't know what it is, but it's it's something. Um, it's there. I, I think maybe a little fountain would be apropos. I don't think either of them have the presence of mind to look after fish. Right. Right. They're a little busy doing other stuff. Other stuff. Yeah. We won't go into that. All right. And now we're going to, to go back to the maintenance office. And um, this scene in Hooks' office. Bob Blakey directed this scene. And we have Hooks, which is me, Perry Whittle. 
uh, yeah, saying calm down. Tithia, <laughs> Catherine Pride, Debbie, Lexi Rawl, and M. Sierra Garcia again as Major. We know you're worried about the boss. And there's a table ball game way far in the background in the next room. So you may that was very well done. I I really loved your your performance this hook. <laughs> Thank you. So you want to make me go out and come back in? I'm too happy with him. Well, that's those are the words you wrote for me. I, was like, well, I know, but reading the words. But you said it so wonderfully. <laughs> You well, very that. good. All right. And I like majors. Now, Damn it! Listen, uh, I yeah. guess that didn't make the, the final cut of the trailer, but it was it was the starting point when I started mixing the trailer for this episode, and it was in there for a long time. But I, I guess at the last minute, I thought maybe that was a little bit too harsh to start swearing at the potential audience and telling them they have to listen. <laughs> Yeah, I would love it if I had a line like that in Vegas. I should write a line like that in Vegas so I should yeah. put, shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah, whenever, uh, first thing I do when I read through the script is anything where it, uh, Tommy or Major or anybody is going, listen, listen, you have to listen to me. I, I go, all right, that's going in the trailer. <laughs> put a big circle around it. You're out of here. What? Um, well, when we were trying to record this before, you had mentioned about how my my scripts tend to be rather concise. Yes, wonderfully so. Yes, you get in and get out and do a whole bunch of stuff really fast. And uh, I, I was saying that when I sh- should have been mixing this, I was actually, uh, some of the time I was writing my first episode of The Kingery, which is coming out in a couple months. And um, one of the editorial comments that I got was, gee, this seems like a very long-winded intro to the scene. And I thought, yes, that's absolutely true. That's what it is. I am guilty as charged. And so I was looking at your script and going, Gee, I wish I could be this concise. I wish I didn't have to have these long-winded intros in everything I write. But that seems to be the way I do it. So so anyway, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, well, um, really it all just comes down to I'm not a very good idea person. I, uh, I look at the outline and... I, I I I go right up to where the the outline says. I I usually don't do very good intros, so I just go right to where it is and then do it to where it it ends and and that's it. I don't do long outros. It's just I follow the outline very precisely and I I am very hesitant to stray from it. So um, I guess that's why my scripts end up being more concise. I just get in and get out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's an education for me, so I'm looking at that. Let's see. I should have said um, back a few minutes ago, we had Elizabeth Rast joining the cast as Jill, and I thought she was doing a great performance, um, arguing with me as Hooks, and Bob Blakey directed that scene and did a great job on it. And then we went to the Havenhurst Rest Home. I'm sorry, did you want to say something there? Yes. Before we move on, I have... 
got to say, I love what Elizabeth Rast has done with Jill. I mean, I wrote Jill as kind of like a throwaway part, but Elizabeth has just made her the snarkiest little bitch. And I love her to pieces now. I'm like, I love this character. Yes, yes, she's done a fantastic job. And uh, she's got a nice long um, ad-lib coming up at the beginning of the next scene. Which I also... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So then we went to Havenhurst Rest Home, and we heard Stefania Lintonban as Nurse Janet, and Alicia Lane Matheson as Madeline Gray. That name sounds familiar. Yay, that was me. Yeah, and I thought you did a great, great performance. Uh, and so did Bob when, was when I was talking about this. When the first time we tried to uh, start this commentary back a couple weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, I don't know, I don't know, Some way, way, way in the past, way beyond my um, horizon memory, memory horizon, sorry, uh, Bob and I were talking about it, and he also commented that you did a great job uh, in your, your uh, monologue talking to Martin. Uh, well, if, yeah. if I can just say something about that real quick, uh, I try not to write in people talking to themselves too much because it, it it doesn't work a lot of the time unless it's a quirk that the character has. But what it said in the outline was that Maddie basically goes there and she renews her vow to to find out what happened with her dad's case and get Arkell. But if she was saying it to Martin, he wouldn't understand it. And I don't think she'd say that to Janet. So I basically was like, well, I guess she'll still talk to him, but he'll be asleep so she can pretend he's lucid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, the script called for some sleeping sounds so that we can tell that he's there. And I tried to put those in, but I tried to keep them quiet enough that it didn't become comic. And the same thing with the the TV being on. You you'd mentioned a TV show, but I thought, well, if it's if it's a show, it's going to be I don't know distracting or uh, it might become comedic. So I just went with static there, which I thought was more um, uh, almost more pathetic anyway. I thought it was very dramatic the way you did that. Ah, well, thank you. And the music in that scene was Contemplate, which I thought sounded tender and ruminative, and I thought it was just a really good fit for the scene. Mm-hmm. Then we had the maintenance office again uh, with me as Hooks and Lexi Rawl doing a great job as Debbie, and Bob Blakey put, cut the dialogue together and I added the sound effects. And um, I just thought uh, Lexi did a great job, and... I said, uh, let's see, it turns out it's hard to record fumbling with a pill bottle because uh, so many of the sounds are really low frequency sounds of fingers slipping on a piece of plastic and the really loud and high frequency sounds are the pills rattling around. So it just sounds like rattling a pill bottle. But rest assured, yeah. I, was, I was really struggling with those pills and um, hammering them on the desk. Yeah, that's why I, I kind of did the whole, you know, bang them on the desk to try and get them open. I just I thought it would be a really funny gag yes. if Hooks could not open the childproof cap. That is the best I can do for you right now. And let's see. Now we're in Regina's office. 
Elizabeth Rast again as Jill, Jane Parrish as Regina, and coming up shortly, Michael King as Shimizu, and Kim Giannopoulos as Ingar. Uh, the music uh, at the beginning is We Dance the Gerbil Dance by David Alexander <laughs> MacDonald. And this, that music goes with Jill's energy more than with Regina's energy. I figure either Regina knew Jill was coming or maybe she was playing some fast music to try and stay focused and get some work done. Uh, um, I, there were a couple times in this episode, usually when you move somebody through a scene, you keep the microphone static and you move the person from left to right. And there were a couple times in this episode... Um, when Madeline Gray is walking through the halls at Havenhurst Rest Home and here where Jill walks down the corridor to Regina's office where I had the microphone travel with the person so that they stay mm-hmm. in the center of the stereo field and have other stuff moving um, back and forth through it. And I just... I do that frequently. Yeah, that's a technique that I use every once in a while to, um, when I want to stick with a pers- certain character. I think of it as a, oh, I don't want to say, uh, you know, it's like a movie type thing where where you're staying with the one character as they move through the scene and right. everything else is kind of happening. Right. And let's see, I wanted to mention that uh, Elizabeth Rast had a nice ad lib when Jill walks off. She says, whatever. And I don't know if you can hear that, but I thought it was a great ad lib, very much in character. And just really, yep. I wanted to make sure that I got that in. And then when Shimizu shows up, the music becomes a song called Treasured Sierra Mix Charybdis. So I don't, I don't know if I said that right. I mean, you know, all the words. Uh, and <laughs> I, I didn't say the parentheses. There are several sets of parentheses in there. But anyway, I hope you get the idea. Yes. Um, and we have to give a shout-out to Kim Giannopoulos for saying, Yes, Shimizu-san. She's been <laughs> bugging me that that's all she gets to say in so many of these episodes. Um, she turns she had an, another line. She said, Miss Regina. Yes. <laughs> and Michael King gave a wonderfully smarmy performance as Shimizu. I thought that was really oh my wonderful. Gosh. Yes, truly, because I I wanted his words to be kind of like a throwback to Shepard, which is why Regina kind of warms up to trusting him. But coming from him, it just sounds so slimy. I thought he did a great job. Yep, I agree. All right, the theme music is playing. It's time to go. I want to say kudos to everybody who contributed to this episode, including Alicia Lane Matheson and Bob Blakey, who's not here with us but is with us in spirit. Yes, and thank you, Perry, for doing such a good job, too. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) And to everybody out there in Pendant Land, we will see you next month. Mm -hmm. Bye now. Bye-bye. The Kingery, created by Jeffrey Bridges, Susan Bridges, Macaulay Eaton, John Harden, and Teresa J. McGarry. Copyright 2009, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.